This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. All right, in Matthew chapter 17, we're going to be looking tonight at the last particular fast that I want to talk about. Having you understand that there are many different types of fast in the Bible that is designated, designed to accomplish different things. When we first started teaching this element of discerning God's will, how to know what God wanted you to do in a particular area, we started with the Daniel fast. And we talked about that in great depth. And the Daniel fast was designated for physical healing. And as I have mentioned many times, it targeted primarily with the digestive system of the human body. We moved on from that fast and we talked about the Ezra fast that was designated and designed for the children of God to deal with problems that were affecting the whole group. And so that particular fast was dealing with group issues. The third fast that we talked about was the St. Paul fast, and that fast was primarily designated to help people make critical decisions. Tonight I want to talk about the disciples' fast, which is designated in helping us to break specific sins of bondage that we are held in and overwhelmed in. Now, I want you to look in Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse number 14. And uh, the scripture says, and I want to read through verse 21 for you. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer with you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. That means when all of the crowd had gone home, when the service was over, when this encounter was all concluded and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. 
And so in this particular situation, these disciples had encountered the demonic possession of a young boy. These disciples had become very frustrated because they could not deliver the man, deliver the boy. And they're asking Jesus, we, we don't understand this. We've done this many times before. We don't understand why on this particular occasion we could not do it. We could not make a headway with it. Here's what I'd like for you to remember, that the disciple fast is a type of fast designated towards releasing some kind of sin of bondage. So I want you to think about that. Many months ago, and I've told you this story before, it's one that I don't like to refer to often, but whenever necessary, I think uh, fits the occasion. But we had a situation in our church when there, there was a young boy in our congregation that whose parents were totally convinced that he was demon-possessed. And I had gone to the house to meet with the mother and this young boy. And I don't believe that I have ever experienced the literal presence of Satan more than I had experienced it on that particular day. And when I walked into the kitchen area, he was coming down the hallway. I've never heard this kind of scream. I have never heard this kind of projection of voice. But he began to vehemently scream with his veins of his neck protruding. He was screaming for me to get out of there to get away from him to get out of the house and he ran back to his bedroom and his mother looked at me and she said we don't know what else to do I'm not going to rehearse tonight all of the things that I have shared with you in the past but to get towards the end of that particular part of the story, she said, we have had to take all the doors off of our house inside the bedroom areas. We, we can't keep the doors on any of the rooms anymore because he gets up and he roams the house all night long. We're terrified. He's threatened to burn the house down, to kill us all, and to kill himself. And she said, we wake up in the morning with that kind of fear and we live in the day with it. We go to bed with it at night. I walked back into his bedroom area. His mother came with me. And again, he began to scream undescribably to you for me to leave. And he then picked up a barbell and he held it in my direction, he began to scream in this demonic voice. He said, I'm going to kill you. And I said to him, 
you can't hurt me. I said, Jesus defeated you on the cross. He's the victor over you. He began to laugh. He put the barbell down. He backed himself up into the corner of his bedroom and slid down the wall and covered himself up. I began to pray and he began to scream and other things happened. And I told his mother out in the hallway out across from his room, I said, this is about as bad as I have ever seen it. And I said, there is only one thing to do, and that is to pray for this child's deliverance. And so I thought about it and prayed about it for a couple of days, and I contacted some of the deacons and leadership of our church, and I met with them, and I told them that this was going to be one of the most demanding things that I've ever asked of them. But I was convinced of one thing, that I could not handle this by myself. All I would have had to do on that particular day was to ask this boy this question, what is your name? Had that demon manifested himself to me on that particular day, I do not believe that I single-handedly could have been a match for that. So I chose in the matter of fleeing seconds in my mind not, not to do it. And so I met with some of the leadership of our church and I began to present this situation to them and I told them that it was the request of the mother and father for us to come there to deliver this boy if it was possible and so I asked the deacons to pray to get themselves together and to fast and we had all determined that we were going to do that and so the appointed time came. We met at the church. We had a preliminary discussion over this and we prayed and we got in the church van and we all went to the house. One of the things that I told these deacons that I was a thousand percent convinced of, I said, when we walk into the house, I must be the last one in because when he sees me, all hell is going to break loose. And I said, here's what I need you to do. I need one of you to sit at the back door, one of you to sit at the front door, one of you to sit at the hallway, and I'm going to walk in and sit in the front room. I said, because I can tell you, I declare to you, that when he sees me, the first thing he's going to do is to try to run out of the back door. I said, don't stop him, let him go but he'll have to climb over you to get out the door. I told uh, another person to sit at the front door. I said, when he cannot get out of the back door, I said, I promise you, he's going to try to run out of the front door. 
And if you're sitting in the front door with your Bible on your lap, don't stop him, but he'll have to go over you or through you to get out of the door. Now, you have to remember, I'm telling these men that it's about to get on and you're going to wrestle with the devil. I had another person sitting in the hallway and I said, listen, if he goes past, if he goes to the back door and he can't get out, he's going to go to the front door and he can't get out. I said, the next thing he's going to do is try to get down that hallway. And I told these men, I said, open your Bibles. And I gave them all different passages of scripture that dealt with Jesus having victory over Satan in the wilderness, the power of the blood of Jesus. And I gave each of these men, it was one, two, three other men besides me. And I said, you just sit at the door with your Bible open and plead the blood of Jesus and, and uh, pray and read these scriptures. And so simultaneously, that's what these men were doing. They were reading the Bible and they were pleading the blood of Jesus. And just as I had imagined, and this all happened in the matter of seconds, I'm talking about maybe less than 15 seconds. We, we weren't in the house, 30 seconds. These other three men walked in in front of me and things started to unravel just as I imagined it would. Those men got to their positions at the back door, at the front door. The other gentleman was walking to the hallway and I was going towards the living room to sit down on the couch. And when the young man came out, it all happened like this. In fact, it happened so fast that the man that I had in the hallway could not even sit down in the chair quick enough before the boy had shot past him and went into the room. He went from one place to the other down the hallway. I'm talking about literally in seconds. And I went back there with the boy's father and there was, there was an overwhelming encounter. I prayed to God that I never have to Deal with that again. It's the first time that I've actually had the, the wrestle with the demon. Now, I didn't hear a strange voice that I could not recognize. But previously, I'd asked him this question in the setting. I said, uh, what is your name? And he began to tell me, he, he gave me three names. One of them was Legion, which in the scripture means many. He had taken a pencil and he had wrote on the, he, he slept on a bunk bed and he had wrote on the ceiling the names of demons. He wrote on his body 666 and he kept on a pair of clothes that he would not change. In fact, when his mother took him to a psychiatric institution, they had to handcuff him and peel the clothes off of his body. He refused to take them off voluntarily. And so in this encounter, many, many things happened that night. 
But I want to get to the bottom line, and that is this. As I was pleading the blood and I had these other men out in the house doing the same thing, at the very end of it, it seemed that nothing happened. It seemed that all of the effort, the fasting, the praying, the pleading of the blood, these men had anointing oil that was actually anointing every wall in the house. There there was so much spiritual activity going on. I've never been in an environment like that. The blood of Jesus had been applied. The anointing oil had been applied. The praying had gone out. The pleading of the blood, it, it was intense. And when it all came to a conclusion that particular night, when we got back in the van, the questions started coming. What happened? We were perplexed, even myself, that after all of that fasting, the boy was not set free. I had no explanation for it. And except for one, and I had encountered something like this many years ago, nothing like the level that we were dealing with that night. But I had been on one other occasion where a young lady had been overwhelmed with demon possession. And she had come to the desire herself to be delivered. And when she came, we placed her in the middle of the floor. And there was three other pastors there, preachers with me. And she acknowledged that she was possessed and she wanted to be delivered. And so a series of questions had been presented to her. And she would answer the question verbatimly like the question was answered. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And she would say, Yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Do you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world? She would say, Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world. There's a whole host of questions, and she would answer just like it was asked, except for the last one. The last question was this. Do you believe that Jesus Christ defeated Satan in the wilderness? She would not answer. Repetitiously, that question was asked. She refused to answer. And then all of a sudden, her legs started bouncing uncontrollably and her shoulders just, it just resembled as if her body had a seizure of some sort that where she collapsed. It was like the breath in her body had left her. And then she said, I believe Jesus Christ defeated Satan in the wilderness. And the only thing that we could conclude that night is that when we saw that exhale of breath and that weight seemingly to be lifted off of this woman's shoulders, it was apparent to us that that demon spirit had willfully left this lady because it knew that we were about to not just say come out of her, but we were about to in Jesus' name and the blood and the power of the 
of the, of the Lord Jesus, we were going to command that demon spirit to go back to the pits of hell. Do you remember when uh, Jesus was going through Kadera and, and uh, the man was demon-possessed and uh, the demons began to speak, Lord, why have you come to torment us before the time? They permitted themselves to stand in the presence of Jesus and ask this question, why have you come to torment us before the time? And they asked the prayer. They said the request was, and this is amazing to me. It's another story, another sermon, another day, but it's where the, the Lord Jesus answered the prayer of a demon when they said, permit us to go into the swine. Why have you come to torment us before the time? They know what their destiny is. They know what their doom is. And Jesus answered the prayer of the demon and permitted them to go into the swine. The herd ran violently over the cliff. Do you know the story? In this situation here, we were so perplexed with it And almost somewhat troubled to the point of just not knowing how to interpret it. However, I will tell you this, that a day or two after that, the sister of this young boy told one of the men that was with me that night, that there had been an overwhelming sense of peace in our home since this encounter. Nothing had greatly changed with the young man, but there had seemed to be a sense of peace, a peace that they have not experienced. And I can tell you, it seemed as though, as in this young lady's experience on that particular day, that rather than this demon and this young boy being cast back to the pits of hell, that demon spirit willfully left that boy. And there was an overwhelming sense of peace in the house because not too much longer, less than two weeks, the mother called me back and said, he wants to be saved. I went into the house he was sitting at the kitchen table. He did not become violent when I walked into the room. There were no displays of anger when I walked into the room. He sat down at the table and I opened my Bible to a scripture about the blood of Jesus and I shoved this Bible up to his chest. And I said, do you really want to be saved? Only the blood of Jesus can save you. I said, yes, I want to be saved. And I said, well, I need to hear you say it. And he said, I want to be saved and only the blood of Jesus can save me. Something to that effect. I asked him to repeat this. I asked him to read this and he read it and it was without confrontation. And at the end of the conversation, he prayed the sinner's prayer. There have been remaining issues and challenges in his life, but I'm going to tell you what. 
I'm convinced that the praying and the fasting that we had done prior to that day when he said he got saved was in fact a result of praying and fasting. Jesus said, this cannot be done without praying and fasting. We're out of time, we're over time. I didn't even get into the point tonight. I'll have to fin- I wanted to finish this tonight to get into James 4, 15 next week. I'll have to do that, Lord willing, next Wednesday night. But I want you to look at this last verse again in verse 21. Jesus said, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So I want to remind you of something. Fasting works. The Daniel fast, the fast of healing, the Ezra fast, dealing with a group problem that might be a family problem. The St. Paul fast, dealing with decision-making, and the disciples fast is a fast designated towards breaking the sin of bondage. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.